0: for seafood news
1: hello world you're listening to the seafood news podcast i'm seafood
0: news managing editor amanda buckle and i'm seafood market reporter lauren castiglione this week's episode is brought to you by Ernaberry's executive conference taking place at the bellagio in las vegas hello <laughs> from april 28th to the 30th The Executive Conference is a must-attend event for decision-makers in the protein industry. Network, build camaraderie, and stimulate professional business thinking with peers in the seafood, poultry, egg, and red meat industry. Expand your knowledge through industry-related topics, sales, and marketing sessions.
1: That's right. And members of the seafood industry won't want to miss Underbury's Seafood Import Workshop, sponsored by Trace Register, which will be taking place at the Executive Conference this year. Join our expert speakers, as well as hear from government representatives from USDA, FDA, U.S. Customs and Border Protection, and NOAA.
0: So, into our top news of the day. This is Amanda and I's last seafood news podcast. That's a fact, Lauren. Ernerberry has decided
1: to pull the trigger on us. So farewell, podcast world. Thank you for listening to us for all these months. April Fools! (laughs) like you people could get rid of us yeah uh, okay. <laughs> or like anyone would pull the plug on us right you know so we're just uh we're just too fabulous too to be, fabulous to be, to stopped. be stopped exactly right? no, no one can stop us we're unstoppable <laughs> as lauren like breaks the equipment in the room somebody might actually stop us and it's right. lauren just because we won't be able to use the equipment anymore. <laughs> i'm out of here
0: ah oh, anyway that was a good laugh. Yeah.
1: But was before it? we get the left for us.
0: <laughs> it's always just We a good thought laugh about for us. this. We
1: thought about it for like a week.
0: but And what was the best week if you to care. come of it? Yeah. Reach out. I know. I heart I I hope everybody's hearts dropped a little bit.
1: Yeah. I don't know if anyone's dead. they were like thank
0: god. Someone we were They're at, like it's about time. Yeah.
1: We were looking at our reviews the other day and someone left a comment that was like I miss the old host. Thanks for bringing that <laughs> up. <laughs> And no, I just want to. I want to set the record straight. You complete me. (laughs) (laughs) You complete this podcast. Are you getting choked up? I am. I'm. I'm tearing up. It could be the hormones, but I I think you bring a lot to the table here. I think so. And I think whoever
0: wrote that review listened to maybe my first episode, where I was like, "Very terrible." Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. (laughs)
1: Anyway, (laughs) started from the
0: bottom. Now we're here. (laughs) (laughs) Started from the okay you don't have the rights to use that song oh
1: so drake's gonna take us <laughs> off drake's gonna end our podcast
0: seafood news taken down by drake that'd, made, be that'd be great that'd be fun great headlines <laughs> yeah. anyway <Okay>. we should <laughs> we should really get, reel it really in really and down. let's get down to uh some business news mm-hmm. so concurrent with a lawsuit settlement last week the department, uh the california department of fish and wildlife issued a notice this past Thursday that the Dungeness crab fishery poses a significant risk of marine life entanglement and will close the season on April 15th.
1: So historical whale migration data shows that humpback whales typically migrate through California waters in the spring, with an increase in numbers beginning in April And of course, uh, recent aerial surveys from NOAA showed humpbacks off the California coast, which is consistent with the beginning of spring migration.
0: Seafood News correspondent Susan Chambers reports that the notice from the CDFW was a formality echoing the settlement stipulation for this year's season closure of April 15th, while the industry is still sorting through the potential settlement ramifications. Both the settlement and notice leave unanswered questions and speculation about the effects on the market, Uh, other fisheries, fisheries, uh, and other states. Sorry, I had to add that because <laughs> I. Because I uh, no no, it's fine.
1: Let the people you know. You guys need to know what goes on here. Is I read the script, and whenever I read the script, there's always a spelling mistake, and then I always <laughs> leave Lauren like struggling. Like, what was she trying to I'm write? i Ron Burgundy. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, no, some industry members are asking why you know the recreational crab fishery is included in the settlement. Others are wondering about effort shifts to, you know, Oregon and Washington, and will California crab fishermen seek to acquire out-of-state permits in addition to their California permits, Um, and if so, how will that affect permit prices, how are Oregon and Washington fishery managers and industry responding to the whale entanglement issues, and how will an early California closure affect the wholesale and retail market for Dungeness crab?
0: That is a lot of unknowns, but we'll keep you updated on the story as we learn more. That's right. Uh, moving along, we've got a salmon analysis from Ernaberry market reporter Janice Schreiber.
1: Janice reports that the fresh whole salmon market continues to dive as we hit the halfway point in the Linton season. Uh, volatility continues throughout 2019, and with Easter about three weeks away, the Atlantic salmon whole fish market has started this week off with some fairly significant drops. And when I say this week, I meant last week. So we're, I think we're like two weeks away now.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. From,
1: from uh, Easter.
0: Yeah. Uh, So if we look more closely at the 12 to 14 pound market in the Northeast, there has been a 9% drop in pricing on the West coast. Prices have dipped 3.9% and out of Chile, the decrease has been 7.7%. For six to seven kilogram fish, Norway is down 11.6% and Scotland is down 10.9%. Significant drops continued last week in the farm salmon whole fish complex. All origins with the exception of the Faroe Islands continue to weaken the salmon index has dropped 4.5% from last week.
1: Uh, with January imports released on March 27th, we see that fresh whole fish is 9.4% higher than January 2018. And even though imports in January 2019 were 8.2% lower than December 2018, the market in mid-January t- t- took a significant dip, um, as discussed you know previously with uh, Jenna's last publisher analysis, I think it was January, uh, late January. Um, and now after a significant climb upward, with pricing peaking during the first week of lent, The market has settled and dropped. Overall, whole fish levels across all origins have not dipped below the mark seen in mid-February. However, a pattern of boom and bust seems to be highlighting 2019 so far.
0: That's right. Looking at imports, January 2019 numbers are at the highest level seen when looking at over 10 years of the most recent data. You can find Janice's full salmon analysis on SeafoodNews.com or by uh, clicking the Seafood tab in Comtel.
1: Don't kick it. (laughs) Don't kick it, (laughs) yeah.
0: (laughs) So continuing with imports, January trade data shows that the volume of lobster products imported into the U.S. declined 15.3%, or roughly 1.5 million pounds. This is the fourth straight month of lower year-over-year shipments, with the bulk of the shortfall continuing to be from the lack of trade with Canada. Imports of all lobster products in the month totaled 7.85 million pounds compared to 9.27 million pounds in January 2018.
1: Imports of lobster products from Canada fell 16.4% in January, and this follows a 30.1% decline in December and a 32.1% decline in November. Uh, Live shipments were lower for the fifth straight month, down 18% in January as the China tariff situation continues to alter trade flow. Uh, In-shell, which includes tails and whole-cooked, was 29.6% lower. Meanwhile, shipments of meat increased 18% in the month, and shipments of prepared were 67.7% higher.
0: And imports of cold-water lobster tails were up 16% when compared to January a year ago, uh, led by a surge in shipments from Australia.
1: And imports of warm-water lobster tails declined 14% in January. Shipments were higher from the Bahamas, but fewer arrived from Brazil, Nicaragua, and Honduras.
0: So in other news, Midwest processor, distributor, and importer, Fortune International, announced last week that they have completed the acquisition of the St. Louis and uh, Kansas City operations of Maury Seafood International. The acquisition will expand Fortune International's Fortune Fish and Gourmet brand by allowing them to increase their service level and footprint in the current market.
1: Fortune plans on continuing to operate business out of the Maurice St. Louis facility, which has been in operation for the past 20 years. For uniformity and efficiency, the facility will transition to Fortune's state-of-the-art inventory management system within the next two months. Uh, The company will also be rebranded as Fortune Fish & Gourmet, with Maury St. Louis General Manager Scott Medill signing on as VP and General Manager of both the St. Louis and Kansas City operations.
0: The acquisition of Maury St. Louis and Kansas City operations marks the fifth acquisition by Fortune International since 2012. In 2012, the company acquired J.D.Y. Gourmet, and in 2014, the company acquired the Chef Martin Old World Butcher Shop. In 2016, Fortune International acquired Coastal Seafoods, and the following year, they acquired e-commerce company Lobstergram. Fortune International's recent, recent acquisition uh, does not include Maury's Minnesota-based manufacturing or uh, distributing operations.
1: Take a shot for every time we said acquisition.
0: And is Lobstergram like you can send a lobster to somebody
1: uh <laughs> you know like candy
0: grams flower grams yeah, it's and, a and it's
1: baseball. a it's an e-commerce site so yeah i mean not exact i mean sure you could <laughs> but it's just like a place where you could order lobster online so if you can't find good fresh lobster by you you can
0: have it to you if anybody would like to send me a lobster visit lobstergram.com There <laughs> we go <laughs>
1: uh on to some random fun news uh maine craft beer companies have formed an alliance to protect maine waters
0: Uh, we're starting a beer podcast. What does this have to do with seafood?
1: Well, Lauren, I'm glad you asked (laughs) because, yes, I am starting a beer podcast. Um, No, clean water is essential to Maine's economy, and the state's commercial fishing industry alone is worth $720 million and supports 26,000 jobs and of course not the only sector in Maine to rely on that water. So a number of craft brewers in Maine including Allagash Shipyard and Maine Beer Company which is
0: oh really good ones. Yeah, Maine <laughs>
1: Beer is my absolute favorite. Uh quick story when we were in Boston I tried looking for Maine Beer and um I haven't we get Maine Beer by us but uh Maine Beer Company has this beer called Dinner that you cannot find anywhere. Um and so Maybe I asked,
0: we have some fans in Maine. Maybe you send us some dinner.
1: Um, <laughs> so I asked. I went to the to the liquor store in in Massachusetts because I figured you know they had some Maine. I'm like Do you guys have dinner, and the guy laughed in my face. So that's a sidetrack story. Mm-hmm. So anyway, what I'm trying to get at though is that Maine Beer Company and all these other breweries, they have formed the Maine Brewshed Alliance to raise awareness and money for clean water initiatives. So as part of their pledge to the alliance, members will be collaborating with the Natural Resources Council of Maine to educate consumers through social media and events, including documentary screenings and speaker series. So pretty neat the way that they're getting people engaged. Um, The members will also raise awareness and money for clean water initiatives through charity beers. Love me a good charity beer. (laughs) Um, Pint nights and other financial contributions. And in addition, all members plan to support policies and programs that protect the waters of Maine.
0: It is a great time to be a craft beer lover in Maine. Indeed, road trip. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I mean, okay, you
1: can. Right. I'll, I'll wait. Okay. I'll wait a couple
0: months. All <laughs> right, we'll go at the end of September. Sounds we'll good. give you a few weeks to recover. <laughs> anyway, and now for our final story of the day: basketball fans who may not be able to afford tickets to see their favorite team play can afford to purchase NBA branded caviar. Whoa, whoa. New York-based Pearl Street Caviar has teamed up with uh, NBA Lab, the basketball league's research and development incubator, to kick off a new era for caviar. Currently, Pearl Street Caviar has released tins featuring the logos of the Los Angeles Lakers, Brooklyn Nets, Miami Heat, New York Knicks, Houston Rockets, and Golden State Warriors. The tins come in two different sizes, a 12-gram personal size, or the classic 30-gram, which one to three people could enjoy. In addition, shoppers can enjoy uh, two different varieties, and they start off at just twenty-five dollars.
1: When I heard this, I immediately thought of like some guy sitting courtside, just like indulging in some <laughs> some caviar, you know, like you know you see those right? Like <laughs> well, those people who have those courtside seats are that they have Usually, you know, yeah. they have some money, so why not? Like you know they can't just eat a hot dog. Might as well <laughs> might as well have some caviar. Um, but what is actually really cool is that Pro Street is pushing this as like a superfood for athletes because of all the omega three and other essential nutrients that come from caviar
0: nice imagine instead of seeing the players drinking Gatorade in between quarters you see them just shoveling caviar into their mouths <laughs> like
1: it would just be so bizarre there'll be like commercials for like the Gatorade commercials where Were they're like they, pushing
0: themselves. Or when they dump the big bucket of Gatorade over oh, the coach's head. Big
1: thing of, <laughs> would it be like a big thing of caviar or like or the personal size caviar?
0: No, it'd be a big <laughs> thing. <laughs> I like the personal size caviar. <laughs> doop, 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 doop. Anyway. Well, that wraps up our show for the week. Once again, this week's episode was brought to you by Ernaberry's Executive Conference and Seafood Import Workshop, which is sponsored by Trace Register. Visit earnaberry.com executive for more information.
1: Thanks for tuning in and dealing with us. (laughs) (laughs) And see you back here next week because it was an April Fool's Day prank and we ain't going nowhere.
0: Never. Uh, Bye.